Welcome back to another episode of Have You Heard? Today, Adam wants another introduction, but I'm not going <laughs> to give it to him. It's Adam joining me today. Um, and we want to talk all about social, as this podcast is always about. Yes. And um, specifically around how to differentiate your brand in a crowded market mm -hmm. on social. Obviously, you know, everyone has competitors in the market. We do. Our clients do. Yeah. Every brand out there does. But I think what would be great to talk about, yeah, is how do brands and how would you advise brands to really set themselves apart mm -hmm. in the market and build differentiation as a part of their what they do and really, I guess, build that sort of cult following um, yeah. with that as well. What's the sort of like first step you would take a brand on looking to sort of de yeah. develop that? So I think... The first, I've got some notes here, but the first, the first thing and trying to distill it down is basically just knowing the platforms. Um, we are very fortunate that there is, you know, 40 odd people within this building that live and breathe, you know, TikToks, Instagrams, YouTubes. I know you're a big fan of YouTube and the different <laughs> aspects of it. And I think that's a great example as, as well of, you know, what you watch on YouTube is very different to maybe what I watch on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and the same with the, the the variety of people in this building of using platforms and, and everyone across, um, you know, the social sphere. But the principle of it and and what's what's so valuable to us and the execution of our strategies and, and where to start, it's just immersing in those platforms. And that's not just from like a general use it. Like, you know, that's the start point. Get on there, use it, understand it, get a feel for it. Um, that's going to give you your best indication of how it works, how it feels yeah. comfortable. But also it's going to very much give you a real quality insight into what content exists, um, the good stuff, the bad stuff. Um, it will certainly open your eyes to um, different ways of, of, of filming content. I think one of the big things over time is, you know, that we always look at and, you know, and I know Zoe's a big advocate of this as well is, is, you know, when you think about best practice and we talk about um, best practice, but also not necessarily always following best practice. It's a mm. guideline. And actually those people who really understand the platform are the ones that are finding the innovate, innovative ways and innovating in the space very oh, much. Setting the yeah, exactly. Future practices. Yeah. And, and I think, but the, but that's because they understand the platform and, you know, it's also not just about seeing what's good and bad, like from your competitor set as well. It's like just in general, like mm -hmm. what content exists, um, you know, TikTok is, is, is ever so close now to, um, Google and YouTube in touch of being a search engine, put any topic, any word into, into TikTok feed. I mean, maybe be careful in some things, but, um, there's going to come up a list of content types. Um, and certainly, you know, within niches of, of content or within different content brackets, you know, if you, if you go really broad, something like travel, there's probably going to be, two, 300 different ways in which people are telling their mm -hmm. travel story, which is going to give you an idea of what's good and bad, but also might inspire you and how you might tell your story. But also you could very much put in something like feet and feet is also going to give you <laughs> a real breadth of content potentially from, you know, the more, um, 
you know, focus in terms of what physiotherapy or runners, you know, in those kind of communities, right the way through to your more probably fetish groups and things like that. But again, how that content is produced and what people are talking about is certainly going to give you a massive um, uh, indication as to what kind of content, how you want to play in the space yeah. and certainly how audiences are using it. So it's all, it, 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 for me, it's always the biggest one and it's the biggest thing we reiterate like i say very fortunate to have a team that live and breathe mm -hmm. these social channels um it's just about using it like step one is just get in there whatever age level you are yeah if you're trying to do it really understand what the platform is and how how it works um and what kind of content is being produced because it like i say it's so varied yeah. for one category but people are using it in so many amazing creative ways. They might not all be right for you, but certainly it's going to give you a, a, an indication as to yeah. what you could and, and potentially how you might execute in, in the platform mm -hmm. just from that base understanding. Um, Do you think like playing it safe, you can still differentiate yourself by playing it safe or is it okay? You know, I think it's when we speak with brands, we almost want to understand how far on the sort of spectrum yeah. they're willing to push that creativity and, you know, play social, social first and platform specific. Obviously some want to lean yeah. more on the safer side um, and have those brand guidelines that may restrict them in certain circumstances. But do you think that has a an indication of like how far someone can differentiate themselves or is there other factors i guess that enable a brand to sort of differentiate you, yeah i mean it's it's it depends how, absolutely how far you want to take it right like you platforms will have so let's uh, let's address like the first part of like if you play it safe if if you if you are let's say fashion for example um you know you can be a big fashion house you can be a a boutique fashion outlet with one store, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The essence of that is you've probably got similar products and the same stories to tell. Um, and for the vast majority of it, you're probably always going to fall into a category of telling your story in a similar way, mm -hmm. right? Like there's certain nuances. It's summer, you know, here's what to wear for this or that. Like yeah. there's certain content, um, themes, pillars, stories that are, that are resonant and relevant to every single fashion brand mm -hmm. across, um, you know, similar to if it was a car, we've got four wheels, you know, we've got a steering wheel, we've got like, there's stuff which is just, you know, almost generic or the same across the board. So you, you have every right to tell those stories. There's also, you know, certain aspects of storytelling, which again, is is going to be slight nuance and slightly different, but the core of it is still going to be tapping into persona moments, whatever mm -hmm. that may be. The variant in that, you know, is, and the question to, to the latter part of what you're saying, I suppose, is how do you tell the same story, but be different? Mm -hmm. And how do you push the boundaries? Yeah. You don't have to. You can look at it and just find the same route, the same way if it works, and you're probably going to end up getting fairly decent views and people will watch it um, and see your content. Yeah. Um, and you might do quite well. You know, and that's fine, depending on what your audience is. The opportunity, however, is to look at it from a perspective of, okay, how do you, how do you bring in um, colors, 
you know your brand colors how do you do a trend slightly different how do you tell um that story slightly different and that may not necessarily be in um the direct sort of um talking point or, mm-hmm. or issue or relevancy of what you're saying here's five things to wear to a wedding this year it might be in the way it's shot mm-hmm. and you're bringing a creative nuance to to that now it might break the norm of what you know traditionally might exist but that in itself is being quite brave because yeah. you're you're going okay i'm going to own this style um i'm going to own something i'm going to tell the story but i'm going to bring yeah my my way to it now that comes with pros and cons you know the pros of it are you're doing something different and it's so much more ownable the cons are it might not necessarily feel relevant to or it's untested i guess or or, or completely untested but at the same time it goes back to my point earlier and the thing we always say is best practice comes from people testing and finding Mm -hmm. things that work if you're just doing best practice that exists now you're always going to be in the same mm-hmm. category as everyone else. So unless you're trying or or, or looking at unique ways of, yeah. of, of building um, your uniqueness into yeah. into that and the way it's filmed or what your take is is on it and how you bring personality to yeah. to something, um, that's you know is is very much comes down to what people are willing to do, yeah. how far they're willing to push it. But without testing. You can have a very solid, very good, you know, space, social ecosystem, but is it the best you could do? Mm-hmm. You'll never know unless yeah. you unless you try something. Um, so, th- so the being bold and being brave, a hundred percent, is the question. I think a really good example for us is the work that we've done on on with Merlin. Mm-hmm. Recent win, uh, you know, I think when you get a, a, a client like that, certainly working with Dungeons and Sea Life the the initial sense is what do you do you know it's it's zoo animals and actors like how do you sell you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing and it could be pretty generic in its execution of just you know come down a day in the life of a zookeeper or whatever which is in itself perfectly acceptable content to do but when you start looking and if you don't already check it out <laughs> look at the sea life and and london dungeons channels we're talking we found a way to tap into really relevant um audience consumer moments through like love island with with you know a load of actors in in dungeons you know we found a way to execute a really unique approach to trends you know um who 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 would you rathers or who who does it better whatever it may be a day in the life of of a uh um i think the other one the one the other day was day in life of an otter you know they're they're executions of what like content creators or influencers are doing and we're taking that and putting it into actually a really brave space rather than it being about the person or the zookeeper Mm -hmm. it's a fun take on things that is being bold and brave to an extent Um, but also there's a real beautiful ownability to that content because you know they're both shot very differently but um you know dungeons feels every piece of content that comes out of there feels like a, a like a, a mini soap yeah and that's great i love it because it's just so, it's just so unique to them yeah and i think with the content production the ideas and everything that you come up with on social it really should you shouldn't be thinking i want to appeal to everyone no like in any any no. form of marketing you want to appeal to many but not all really um you know you're gonna some people are going to not laugh. They're not going to find it funny. It's yeah. not going to be relatable to them. But 
if you're as, as long as you're nailing that other sort of bigger piece then and and attract attracting some you you can't be just like almost down the middle of the road you almost no. have to take that stance and bring yeah. that own story personality through content yeah um, and, and i think that comes from you know again like understanding your pillars the role mm-hmm. what you're trying to do um the messaging you know all of those things, who you're trying to attract yeah um and w- once you get that i think then you you know a great example not a client of ours but the stem i think is a wonderful tiktok feed um vicky who does i think she still does the um marketing there um i remember listening to her do a talk once and she was very much saying it's not about mass audience because they do they they're for house people who love house plants you know so she was like we don't look necessarily at our follower count we don't necessarily look at um the number of views because the number of views on their content certainly on tiktok is never going to be huge because Mm -hmm. not everybody has house plants or is interested in that sector so they create very educational very um you know very relevant content to houseplant owners and what they often look at is the engagement Mm -hmm. the saves you know the cut because the big numbers aren't like say important to them and i think they just they've just nailed the fact that they know their audience they have a core metric system and a a measurement of success Mm -hmm. but also they've got a really great and it's not even i wouldn't even say and with all due respect it's like anything unique or different but they've just got a super clear style Mm -hmm. and they leverage the platform to its best of its ability with um you know text to speak with the way it's shot with their brand colors everything they do just feels so native but it's so obviously them because it's just pure education how you look after this plant did you know this best type of plant for this it's perfect it's like such a wonderful example of of you know for them i'm sure if they did get to like 10 15 million great let's pat each other on each other on the back but in reality it's not reflective of yeah yeah, it's not reflective of what the house plant audience is so they and you could alienate some of that audience by doing shifting your content absolutely, strategy to try and be know, for all rather than yeah. for them as and, well. And and I think that's where, you know, a prime example of 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 brands just getting everything across the board. Like just really being comfortable with who they are, mm-hmm. who they're for. Um and then execution becomes so simple in a way. Um you just know what you're doing and 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 it's and it's very clear. And I think, you know, so many brands um that jump into these spaces it's what are our competitors doing we just want to do that and then straight away you're just <laughs> lost in you know you're not different at all you're you're just, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and it's we want we exp- literally having the conversation again today um about some of the content we do for uniqlo and i was looking across the board and i was like some of that stuff is amazing so, and I think over the year have really we've really identified in the team that work on it a very clear look and feel and we've got two wonderfully different strategies for Instagram and, and TikTok mm-hmm. there's a I was generally just having a look there's a couple of videos on there like a million plus views organic views they look sometimes some of them are just so different to what we would normally produce but they're leveraging a trending moment mm-hmm. but the context of 
what the brand is trying to do is all the same across the board all the time. We've just flipped the style to tap into a trending sound or voice or done something reactive. Um, and then at the same time, you've also got some beautifully shot content, which hits hundreds and thousands of views. Mm -hmm. And then across the board, you've got some pretty, you know, the great results, but they're pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. And so even that, when you look at it, of what we, what you're trying to do is the value is what we found is a consistency and a look and feel. And actually I'm far more excited by the fact that week in, week out, the pieces of content are lev growing slowly, but very yeah. consistent because it tells me that we're talking to an audience that really like Resonate, the content. Yeah. And then every now and again, we get a moment where you're okay, that's mm -hmm. that shifted the dial. What have we learned from that? What works? It's not, we're not chasing the millions all the time because I think you'll get lost. It's just chasing the fact that the brand looks like a brand. Mm -hmm. You know, when you put that content against other brands, it's very obvious who it is. Um, and that, again, is just understanding, being comfortable with, right? We know what we're trying to do. We know the platform. Um, we've got our creative nuance in there and how we might play around with color or whatever it may be. Um, and we know who we're talking to. Yeah. That's that's the that's the core values within that. Well, that seems like a, <laughs> a lovely place. Yes, hopefully. To wrap up with. Um BS, thank you for joining us in our new podcast studio. Nice. New sofa coming soon, as I've probably already <laughs> mentioned another one. Um and many more to come. So thank you for watching and make sure to subscribe.